My text comes from John's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning at verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after, stirring of the, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease they had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? I used to think that was a rather rude question. Now, had I been that man laying there for 38 years, not knowing Jesus being God, I would have thought to myself or maybe even said to him, uh, why are you asking me this question? Duh. Really? But after being in ministry for a long time now, I, I, I get Jesus more and more as the years go by. I believe he asked him this question for this reason, or at least it's one of the reasons. Not everyone wants to be made well. So he asked him. It's been my experience too. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps in before me. And Jesus said to him, and this is God's will for you today in relation to the topic that I'm talking about on digital addiction, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and he walked. You see, we have addiction on a mass global scale now that scares people like me. And it is progressing at a rate with virtual reality, augmented reality, artificial intelligence. These things are hitting in us faster than researchers can keep up with it to find answers to the maladies, the brain issues that have resulted. They were unintended, but they have come at us fast and furious. So I've designed some brain animations based on the work of Dr. Archibald Hart. I showed this last time I was with you. I'm very careful not to repeat too much from last time. I actually had to watch myself when I was here preach to make sure. So I'm only going to repeat about 7% of what we covered last time. But this is crucial for you to understand what happened. Whenever we stimulate the brain, and it doesn't matter how we do it, it can be through a needle, uh, we're putting heroin, for example, into a vein, and that is sort of like an accelerant that gets into the brain, and it produces another chemical. It triggers another chemical to be released called dopamine, and it's the dopamine that we're actually feeling, and it's dopamine that we actually get addicted to. Same thing happens with cocaine. The delivery would be through the nose. Smoking would be through the lungs. You would get the tar and the nicotine or the accelerant or the stimulation through that way. What I did with you with that person falling forward was I delivered the stimulation through your eyes. But it's stimulation and it went into the brain and it's, uh, you saw that in the back of your head, the occipital lobe. And I knew that I had created a, a dopaminergic reaction, a release of dopamine through that stimulation going into the pleasure center of your brain called the nucleus accumbens because I heard you laughing and yet I never physically tickled you. But you had a physiological change just like that through the stimulation that came through your eyes. And if you'll notice, there is a wall that is building there. And that wall is your body, my body, getting used to the stimulation, meaning that the longer we do an activity, our body adjusts to it. So if we want to continue feeling it at the same level, we have to do the activity more. And this vicious 
Catch-22 happens. We do a lot of the activity and the body continues to adjust to it. It's called resistance or building up tolerance to the drug. And we know that works with alcohol because people end up getting addicted to alcohol and they have to drink larger and larger quantities. And it doesn't mean that they're getting any more drunk. It just means they have to drink more to achieve the same level of feeling of the mania, to feel the mania or the high. Same thing happens with our mobile devices. That's why our head ends up staying down longer and longer and longer because our body adjusts to it, our brain adjusts to it. So what we are interested in is how to reverse that and how to get that resistance down, just like you would with any drug addiction. But what ends up happening eventually, the symptoms start to appear. As the resistance grows in the brain, a wall, a dopaminergic response happens to the point where the brain finally just shuts it off, trying to defend itself. Now, here's where it gets dangerous. In an alcoholic, the symptoms eventually would be cirrhosis of the liver, for example. With a smoker, it would be lung issues. With a digital addict, I'm gonna give you several symptoms uh, in just a few moments, a list of things that I think you will recognize. But here's the problem. If you'll notice, the color in the pleasure center of the brain went from sparkly, and, and that represents a brain scan, fMRI brain scans, where it will light up with activity, but eventually the activity diminishes because the brain starts to suffer atrophy. The irony is the more we stimulate, the more we numb ourselves. Children are often saying, I'm bored, I'm bored. I'm bored, and you're thinking, you've got more toys than I ever had in my life. Go outside and play. Well, that's boring. I want a tablet. Let's go to grandma and granddad's to visit. And they say, uh, can, can we take our tablets? You see, the reality is conversations with grandma and granddad and with God generates the proper amount of dopamine for stimulation. But if you have a wall that size in your brain or anywhere near that, these activities that produce this much dopamine are not going to stimulate. And the absence of stimulation, by definition, is what we call boredom. So whilst we make our kids come to church, put them in Christian school, they have a wall and God is on one side and their tablets and their culture, the Apostle Paul called it the spirit of the world, is far more attractive to them because the dopamine levels are this high over here, and God will not artificially stimulate us. We have verses in the Bible that God has given us that say things like this, peace be still, and know that I am God. That is the absence of hyperstimulation. So where we find ourselves in this culture with Generation Z that I spent a lot of time with them, I'm dedicated to them and their parents, Generation Y. In the middle of the brain where all that activity takes place, you can think of that as the accelerator in the car. And so you mash the gas pedal, as we call it, or the accelerator, and the petrol goes into the engine and it revs up, or you can think of the petrol as the dopamine that I showed you. But the problem is, as the wall grows, the brakes in our brain is in the front. It's the prefrontal cortex. As the wall grows, the brakes fail, so you end up with a situation where the accelerator is mashed, but the brakes fail, and that's what addiction is. You're revved up, but you cannot stop. 